For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast. Now we're the Bay Area's number one sports podcast. Now we're the only place to show up for a team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in perfect directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be discussing the NL West from a betting perspective while talking about some props that possess a lot of value in the betting markets. I know last week we transitioned a little bit after doing some baseball. We talked about the NHL draft lottery last week, which ended up not working out well for the Anaheim Ducks as the first pick ended up becoming a mystery pick as one of the teams that are going to be playing in the first round of the uh, NHL play. I don't really know how to describe it the preliminary round, so to speak. Uh, basically, the way that's going to work out is that any of the losing teams are going to be part of a second draft lottery, and then one of those teams are going to uh, get the number one overall pick. But the Senators uh, ended up not getting the number one overall pick, despite my prediction on that one. Is what it is. I was right about Detroit getting screwed over and not getting the number one overall pick, but it ended up going to a mystery team. And before that, we actually talked about the two divisions that actually matter in the Bay Area. We talked about the AL West and the NL West. Now we're going to do something a little bit differently, though. We're going to be talking about the entire division as a whole and talk about some props available in the division. So without further ado, we're going to dive right in with the NL West first for no particular reason. And, of course, the favorites in this division need no introduction, and that is going to be the Los Angeles Dodgers, as they are currently minus 500 favorites on FanDuel to win the division makes perfect sense. They've dominated this division in the past, and based on how good the roster is looking this season, not a surprise that they are the favorites. So they're going to dive in on the Los Angeles Dodgers. They made a couple of changes during the offseason, uh, but as a whole, this team is still solid from top to bottom. The rotation, you got Clayton Kershaw, you got Walker Bueller, you got David Price, who they got from Boston in the Mookie Betts trade. You got Julio Urias as the fourth starter. And they also got Alex Wood as the fifth. Now for the bullpen, they ended up bringing Blake Trinan from Oakland. So he is going to be one of the setup men for this uh, for this bullpen, which is definitely needed. They got Pedro Baez, Joe Kelly, Ross Stripling, Bruce Starr, Gatterall, and they also have Ken- Kenley Jansen as the closer. For the actual lineup in no particular order, catcher, you got Will Smith. First baseman, you got Max Muncy. Second baseman, you got Gavin Lux. Third base, you got Justin Turner. Shortstop, you got Corey Seager. Left fielder, you got Jock Peterson. Center fielder, you got Bellinger. Right field, you got Betts. And DH, you have A.J. Pollock. Simply put, this team's the best team in the division. 
It's not even close. They should, are probably the best team in the National League, even though they continuously choke in the postseason every year under the management of Dave Roberts. But looking at the win total for the Dodgers, their over-under is 37.5 wins with a slight amount of juice to the over as it is minus 112 towards the over on DraftKings. And simply put, i got to take the over here with the Dodgers. I think this team could win 40 games. You're only going to have a 60-game season, so you do have to win a decent amount of those games. But in reality, the Dodgers have a phenomenal rotation from 1 through 3. I know Price isn't as dominant as people hoped he would be, but at the end of the day, Kershaw's a very good regular season pitcher. He's great. Bueller is insane, if you want to break it down. I think he's one of the best starters in the entire league. Uh, Alex Wood's serviceable towards the back end. Urias is okay, and Price is still a pretty good number three. So based on that and how the lineup is set up, I have to assume that this Dodgers team is going to be the class of the division. Minus 500 is definitely not an attractive deal, but it makes sense that they are that big of a favorite. And for the win totals, I have to take the over here at 37.5. I think it would be more shocking to see the Dodgers win 35 games as opposed to 40, and I think the Dodgers should go 40-20. and 20 something along those lines, especially in a relatively weak division. So for that reason, I like the Dodgers win the division. I also like the over 37.5, which is available at minus 112 on a DraftKings. Now switching to the second favorites in this division, you have the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are currently listed as plus 600 to win the division. And if you want to look at their team, they actually made a couple of moves, which is a little bit unique because the Diamondbacks haven't really been known to make a lot of splash signings in the offseason in recent years. They've been known to let people go, whether it was Paul Goldschmidt or J.D. Martinez. But this year, they actually decided, or even uh, Zach Granke, but this year, they actually decided to do something to try to bolster the rotation as they ended up bringing Mad Bum into the fold as he is going to be the number one starter in the rotation, followed by Robbie Ray, Zach Gallen, who had a very good year last year, Luke Weaver, and Merrill Kelly. So they do have a uh, decent pitching staff. I said that their rotation isn't that great uh, behind Bumgarner, but as a whole, still decent, and I think that that could potentially be uh, something that is worth mentioning. However, the rotation would have been even better uh, had Mike Leak, one of their projected starters for the season, not opted out of the restart. Mike Leak announced last week that he will not be playing this season because of the unique circumstances and how he just doesn't want to do it. So based on that, you were expecting to see Leak probably as the number three, but now he's not available and you're going to have to move probably Luke Weaver or Merrill Kelly into the rotation. As for the bullpen, not bad. I'd say it's not good or bad. You got Hector Rendon, you got Kevin Ginkle, you got Junior Guerra, you got Andrew Chaffin, Yoan uh, Lopez, and your closer is Archie Bradley. Archie Bradley, pretty hit or miss so far in his career, but he has actually been a decent closer. So I think that is a decent spot for him in the bullpen. Rest of the setup spots, not really that great for middle relief and long relief. Not really much writing home about. But looking at the actual lineup, not bad. Carson Kelly at the catcher spot. You have Christian Walker at first base. Cattell Marte, who was phenomenal last year, who proved to be one of the best second basemen in the entire league at the plate. You have Eduardo Escobar at third. Nick Ahmed at shortstop. David Peralta at left field. Sterling Marte at center field, another addition that they made. Cole Calhoun at right field, and you have Jake Lamb at the DH spot. Uh, Peralta, pretty solid hitter for the Diamondbacks. Had some injury issues last year, but he does have a lot of potential, and the Diamondbacks will hope that he can stay healthy for the 60-game season. Uh, simply put, looking at the Diamondbacks, I actually like this team. I think this team is pretty good on paper, and after 
barely missing out on a playoff spot last year following a huge wild card run in the last couple of months. I actually think this team can make a run. Uh, do I think they're going to win the division? No. I think the Dodgers are too talented. But I would not be surprised to see this team make an end a wild card spot. And if you look at their current win total here at over under 31 and a half, I might surprise some people. I'm actually going to lean to the over here, and that's available at plus 100 on DraftKings. I think this team could win 33 games, so to speak. If you look at their actual team, Bumgarner, I don't, I can't really think of many other pitchers you'd want in a big in a big game situation. You have a must-win game. I feel like Bumgarner is going to be on your short list of preferred pitchers. Marte is a very solid bat. Walker's pretty good as a bat. Peralta's good. Marte's a good addition. Uh, Jake Lamb's pretty good whenever he's healthy. Cole Calhoun, pretty hit or miss, but he still has some upside. And overall, I actually I think Bradley's a decent closer. So I like the Diamondbacks compared to the other teams in this division, not named the Dodgers. I think they're the second best team in this division, rightfully so. And for that reason, I'm going to lean to the over 31 and a half wins, which is available at plus 100 on DraftKings. Now switching gears, talk about the third team in terms of projected odds for the win totals. Um, you're going to be looking at the San Diego Padres, and their odds to win the division are plus 750 on FanDuel. And their over/under in wins is 30 and a half, so they pretty much have to finish above 500 if they are going to go over this win total. Looking at the Padres, pretty interesting team. On paper, they always seem to have a lot of potential, but they never actually uh, exceed any expectations in pretty much any year in recent memory. But going through the actual roster, the rotation, you have Chris Paddock, who's a phenomenal youngster in the rotation, followed by Denelson uh, Lamette, who's okay. You have Garrett Richards, who's okay. You got Zach Davies, decent pitcher, and Joey Lucchesi, who is okay as well. For the bullpen, it's decent. Uh, you have Drew Pomerantz, uh, who used to be a starter, but now he's in the bullpen. Emilio Pagan, pretty good reliever. Craig Stammen's okay. Matt Strom's okay. Javi Guerra, uh, Guerra is okay. And you have Kirby Yates, who's one of the most underrated closers in all of baseball. So kind of similarly to the Diamondbacks, I'm not really a big fan of the middle relief but I am a fan of the closer. Of course, Yates is significantly better than Archie Bradley. It's not even close. Yates is an all-star level closer in the National League, one of the best closers in the National League. So that's definitely a huge plus for the Padres on this uh, upcoming roster. But the rotation, besides Paddock, I'm not really a fan of any of the other four starters in the rotation, and I think that is a bit of a concern. But looking at the lineup going through at the catcher spot, you have Francisco Mejia, who's pretty good with Austin Hedges also thrown somewhere in there. You have Eric Cosmer at first base. You have Jerickson Profar at second. You got Machado at third. You got Tatis at short. You got Tommy Pham, who was part of the Hunter Renfro trade in left field now. You got Trent Grisham, former Brewers guy, uh, who ended up making the huge error in that wild card game, which cost the Brewers the game. Still a solid hitter, not the greatest fielder. You have Will Myers at right field, and you have Josh Naylor at the DH spot. Uh, as a whole, this Padres team on paper looks mediocre. Uh, in terms of the actual talent, of course, Machado and Tatis are going to be the main pieces that people are going to pay attention to in the lineup. Tatis is a phenomenal talent, one of the most entertaining players to watch in baseball. Uh, the only the issue that you have with him is health, and he ended up missing part of last year due to injury, and I'm still a little bit concerned with his play style if he will be able to stay healthy for a full 60-game season because of his very, very aggressive base running and his willingness to make a lot of diving plays in the field. I question if he will be able to stay healthy, but I hope he does, because he is going to be one of the faces of this league for the foreseeable future, and hopefully 
he can stay on the field. Machado was pretty good last year, a little bit underwhelming for the contract that they paid him, but still one of the big pieces. I thought Eric Hosmer was pretty underwhelming last year, uh, if you wanted to be completely honest. I think he's been pretty underwhelming since he came to the team. I know he had 22 home runs and 99 RBIs, but he batted 265, and I thought that he could have done a lot better. So hopefully he will play a little bit better in the upcoming season. As a whole for the Padres, though, I still think 300 is a bit optimistic for this team. I think this team's going to be a little bit under. I think this team should finish somewhere around 27, 28 wins. So for that reason, uh, I'm going to be looking at the under 30.5 wins, which is available at minus 112 on DraftKings, mainly because of the pitching staff. I think this offense is pretty good. I do think Pham over Renfro is an upgrade. But you look at this rotation, besides Paddock, who also had an innings restriction last year and even had some injury issues, not really a fan of any of the other four starters. I don't really like the bullpen, so I don't really trust this team to maintain, uh, I'd say, one or two run leads over the course of a nine-inning game, and for that reason, I can't take them over. So once again, Padres under 30.5, which is available at minus 112 on DraftKings. Now looking at the fourth projected team on the NL West, uh, you have the Colorado Rockies, who are 30-1 to to win the division. Well, we're getting to these series long shots here. And the Rockies over-under is 26.5 wins. Breaking down this actual team, definitely not supposed to be that good. Uh, you have Marquez as the number one starter, followed by John Gray, Kyle Freeland, Sanzatella, and Chichi Gonzalez as a rotation. Not great. Freeland as a number three is pretty good, but he's been pretty hit or miss. They ended up setting him down to the minors because after starting in the NL wildcard game, he completely fell off a cliff. But he kind of pieced some things here and there last year, and hopefully he will be able to return to form in this upcoming season. Marquez is the best starter on this in this rotation, not really that close. And John Gray has been a staple of this rotation for many years. I'd say he's pretty good, not great, but he's serviceable. And looking at the bullpen, you have Oberg, uh, Diaz, Estevez, Shaw, McGee, and your closer is Wade Davis. Once again, this bullpen is a disaster waiting to happen. Oberg is pretty good. Other than that, though, I don't, there's not really anybody you can trust. Brian Shaw was very hit or miss last year, and Wade Davis was pretty much a disaster. If you look at his overall numbers, his ERA was 8.65 last year. He was terrible, and the Rockies definitely seem to regret giving him that contract as his glory days appear to be well behind him. But if you want to go through the actual lineup, you have Tony Walters at the catcher spot. You have McMahon at first base. You got Hampson at second base. You have Arenado at third. Story at short. Tapia in left. Dahl at center field. Charlie Blackman, uh, who actually has the coronavirus right now, but he should be healthy by the start of the regular season. He's going to be in right, and you have Daniel Murphy at the DH spot. It's uh, it's a very, very uh, ordinary Rockies team where the offense is pretty good, the pitching's terrible, and they're just going to try to outscore teams to win games. Last year, this team completely imploded. And this team basically did nothing at all in order to improve. I got to take the under. Uh, this team just isn't good at pitching. And I think that even though this team can score runs, they didn't do anything to improve on their roster. And I think this team should finish with around 23 wins, give or take. I don't think this team's going to be very good. And you can get the under uh, 26 and a half wins at minus 106 on DraftKings. And that is going to be where I'm going to be leaning. Simply put, the Rockies. Their lineup can score, but their pitching can't stop others from scoring. So for that reason, if you have to win every game by scoring seven or more runs, I don't exactly trust you to win games. 
give me the under on that one. And last but not least, we have the Bay Area team for the podcast, which is going to be the San Francisco Giants. We already gave a breakdown on their individual season, but now just to view them in the scope of the NL West, they are 75-1 to to win the division. First of all, even though they are, they do have the lowest win total, I do think that number is ridiculous. There's no way that they are projected to have one fewer win than the Rockies, yet they are more than, they're two and a half times the odds to win the division than the Rockies. I think that makes no sense. I think the Giants should be somewhere in the 40 to 1 range, maybe 50 to 1, but I think 75 to 1 is a bit ridiculous. That line is available at FanDuel. Would I take it? No, but I think if you wanted to look for value to potentially buy out halfway through the year or so, maybe 75 to 1 looks interesting. But the Giants, to break down their team once again, uh, definitely the worst team in the division. Uh, just not a fan of them whatsoever uh, if you want to break them down from top to bottom. The rotation is a disaster. You have Cueto and Samarjo, which are decent. Cueto coming off of some injuries in the past. You don't know if he's going to be anywhere near the same pitcher he used to be. Samarjo's been okay, but you have to wonder if the Giants might trade him if this team struggles in the early going of this season. You have Kevin Gaussman at the number three spot, who is pretty inconsistent as well. Drew Smiley, who is hit or miss, and you have Logan Webb as the number five. Could be Rodriguez, but either or. Not a great rotation. And then you bring into the bullpen, you have Rodgers, you have Gott, you have Garcia, Peralta, and your closer is Tony Watson. This bullpen's awful. It might be one of the worst bullpens in all of baseball, and I can't trust this team to maintain elite to save their lives, so I'm not that high on the pitching staff. Switching gears, talking about the actual lineup once again, you have Buster Posey, who even though he is going to be known for his name and for being a phenomenal player who had the very unfortunate injury uh, last year. He was terrible. He had seven home runs, 38 RBIs, batted 257. He's just simply not the same player he once was. Other than that, you have Brandon Belt at first base. Second base, we either have Dubone or Flores. Uh, you have Longoria at third. Uh, potentially Pablo Sandoval getting a role there, but nobody really knows. Uh, yeah, definitely not uh, the Longoria that the Giants were expecting to get. As last year, he had 20 home runs, 69 RBIs, and batted 254. Uh, definitely past his prime at this point in his career. And the, and the uh, Giants are hoping that he can tap into the fountain of youth. I'm a little bit more skeptical. Shorts up, you have Brandon Crawford, who was very underwhelming last year once again. Going through the numbers, 11 home runs, 59 RBIs, 228 batting average. Uh, you have to question if that is an anomaly or if that is just going to be what he is in the future. Giants, of course, are hoping for the former situation, but that remains to be seen. Left field, Alec, Dickers, Alec Dickerson. Center field, you have Billy Hamilton. Right field, you have Mike Yastrzemski, who was one of the lone bright spots on this team last year. And the DH, you brought back Hunter Pence, and he should end up playing a decent amount of games, especially after finishing last year with a very solid performance, batting 297. So I expect him to be in the lineup almost every day with some Pablo Sandoval stuff thrown in there. But as a whole, uh, this team should be the worst team in the division. And I feel like that kind of speaks for itself. Uh, I don't think this team is very good. I mentioned that. Plus, you have Gabe Kapler now as the manager, which is a massive downgrade over Bochi after Bochi retired. So for me, I think the Giants will come in second to last, actually. I think the Rockies will be worse. But the Giants definitely will be underwhelming. 
And in terms of win totals, I'm actually going to be leaning to the under 25.5. I think this team should win around 23 to 24 games, which is available at minus 118 on DraftKings. But I do think the Rockies will win roughly 22. So for that reason, uh, I do think the Giants will finish a little bit better than the Rockies, but well out of the playoff picture. So once again, just to break down this division, I think the Dodgers will win the division. Minus 500 is not attractive, but they're the best team in the division, not really that close. I like the Dodgers over 37.5 wins, just available at minus 112 on DraftKings. I like the Diamondbacks um, over 31.5 wins, which is available at plus 100 on DraftKings. I like the Padres under 30.5 wins, uh, wins, which is available at minus 112 on DraftKings. I like the Rockies under 26.5 wins, which is available at minus 106 on DraftKings. And I like the Giants under 25.5 wins, which is available at minus 116 on DraftKings. Other than that, though, that's going to be an installment of the Betting Barrier Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Next week, we're going to do the same thing with the AL West. Other than that, though, uh, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast for Thursday, July 2nd. And good luck to all of you and your respective bets today. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.